It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Chris Sosa with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Amy Wimpy-Knight, President of the Children's Hospital Association. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. Chris, it's great to be here with you all. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. In the meantime, could you first give us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, I'm the president of the Children's Hospital Association. So we represent over 200 hospitals, children's hospitals nationwide, um, and the families and children that they serve. So we have a focus on advocacy and policy, on care delivery, and on just improving the lives of children and, and their families. Amy, what would you say are the most pressing concerns for youth mental health today? I think um, when you talk about children's mental health, it's, it's a big topic. And so if we had to focus on two things, I think we've all seen it in the news lately. Certainly it's all touched us in our personal lives. But I would, I would focus on two things. First of all, the kids themselves. So when we talk about youth, we're not only talking about adolescents, but we're also talking about children. And just how it's impacting them and their own experiences should be of concern for all of us. And that's one of the reasons we are all talking about it. So if you look at the incidents of mental health crisis, quite honestly, in children. It's really grown over the past decade plus. So we're dealing with a number of children who are along that continuum from starting to experience some emotional distress to children that have actually been in crisis and in our cases have shown up in children's hospitals, emergency rooms, and in our ambulatory areas, and even in our inpatient areas seeking, seeking care. So that's the tip of the iceberg. If we're seeing it at that level, and a number of children that we're seeing today, which is two and three times what we've seen previously, we know that children more broadly are in need. So those in our schools and in our communities. The second concern I think goes without saying is do we have the providers to meet that need? And by providers, we both mean people and programs. So at a time in our country where we know we have fewer mental health care professionals overall, um, to serve our country's needs, we actually have a disproportionate fewer, only 4%, for example, of clinical psychiatrists are trained to take care of children. And so we have an extreme shortage, not only of, of licensed professionals, but also of training in our communities and our schools and in our families to be able to identify and cope with the early onset of potentially um, emotional challenges and then more long-term severe mental illness. Uh, you took over as the CHA president in 2020. Certainly that was a difficult time for everyone's mental health, not only children, but how do you think children's mental health has changed since the pandemic and its onset? Um, it's changed a lot. And I think it's important to realize that even before the pandemic, really the decade prior to that, we saw children's health, the need for um, children's health, mental health care increase quite a lot. So demand was growing um, really from the late early 2000s to 2019, we saw a double and a tripling and that time of suicide ideation and children attempting suicide. Um, what happened really during the pandemic was an exacerbation of that. So we saw it increase that same level in a very short period of time. So children um, faced all kinds of crises during the pandemic. I think we all did, if we're frank with ourselves. And so 
um, they're hit differently than adults are. So issues of illness and financial strain, um, being away from school, being away from peer groups had a disproportionate impact on, on, on our children. And so what we saw during that time in particular was nearly a tripling of suicide ideation and suicide attempts in our children's hospital emergency rooms, um, which is quite concerning. We certainly saw um, more than 100% increase really in um, eating disorders, um, particularly in young women in that situation. And then just children overall, we saw it start to impact kids at a younger age. So why typically you didn't see mental health issues come to the forefront maybe until the early teens, we started seeing children ages six to 12 um, show up with mental health conditions or early mental health conditions that required an intervention as well. So um, it's a situation that has grown and unfortunately hasn't been subsiding. Um, probably the biggest symptom of that from a children's hospital perspective, again, is what happens in our emergency rooms. And then unfortunately, what happens when we're unable to get children immediate care. Um, some children's hospitals have very intensive ambulatory programs, um, outpatient programs, and um, inpatient care, but the, the bed capacity to be able to treat these children today um, is, is far lower than what we need overall um, in most states and in most communities and certainly across the country. Amy, thank you for laying out those challenges and concerns that not only children, but hospitals and health systems are facing. What would you say right now are the steps that are being taken to support mental health in communities and what can hospitals and health systems do to further that effort? There's, there's a lot of energy around this right now. And I, I think if we pause to look at, um, you know, what one of the other things that's changed really since the pandemic is we've seen more of a destigmatization of it. So certainly we're having this conversation today and these conversations are happening in communities overall. So we can think about the role of the health system, which is one piece of this, the healthcare system, whether it's the children's hospital or, or other hospitals within our communities. But we also need to look at the community writ large in many cases. So just like any other um, chronic disease, it happens early. You may notice the signs of a child having um, asthma, for example, when they're younger. The same thing happens with behavioral and mental health as well. So you can start to see signs that maybe something's wrong. Maybe it's tossed out as, oh, they're just upset or it's just a behavior. But um, that early intervention is going to be really key. So the healthcare system can be part of that solution, but partnering in particular with our communities and our schools early childhood education, and most of all, our families to be able to, um, to impact that. The other thing that the healthcare system overall is doing right now is really leaning in to the health system and advocating for more training for providers and for better reimbursement, um, both from our um, publicly sponsored insurance programs like Medicaid and our commercially sponsored programs as well. So we just don't pay these providers enough to keep them to stay in their profession, but also to continue to grow that workforce, which we talked about earlier is so incredibly important. Um, health systems and hospitals across the country are leaning in and, and training primary care physicians, pediatricians to be more involved in this space as well. So it's really building that village around our kids um, to be able to identify maybe a problem in school, something that we can treat early and so it doesn't become, um, become a bigger issue as, as they get older. I'm glad you mentioned how important it is to see the signs early. Uh, speaking of which, what trends do you think are going to develop on the horizon? 
you know, it's really hard to predict the future, but I think we're, we're living it a little bit right now. And particularly in the mental health space, you know, I think um, one of the things that we talk about a lot, and it's really hard to get your arms around is that about 50% of, of mental illness begins before the age of 14. So we just talked about early intervention. Um, and importantly, it's over 10 years, so just about 11 years between maybe the first signs of an emotional condition or a mental health condition is shown nearly 11 years before someone gets treatment for that. So if we stay on the current trajectory that we're on and we look at really the past five years and what we've experienced as a nation and more importantly, what each child has experienced in their own lives, we're on probably a trajectory to see more mental health conditions than even we have today. The good news is everything else we just talked about is we have ability to change that. So um, moving upstream, and working with families and working with schools and working with providers and building that workforce um, to build that support system for kids, to teach them very early on coping skills and recognizing how they can, um, one, soothe themselves, treat themselves, and then ultimately to um, be support systems for their families and um, for their friends in that same capacity. So left to our own devices and, and not inter, not um, implementing some of these changes, we're probably going to need more of a system going forward. We know we don't have enough today, um, so we will need more of that, but we certainly have an opportunity to invest in our kids and in our healthcare system and in our other systems to be able to, to head that off if we so choose. You're hoping that's exactly what happens, Amy. Are there any other issues you think that need a brighter spotlight right now? You know, I think um, obviously mental health is a concern nationwide, and that's both for adults and for kids. And so um, probably we certainly, obviously, we're talking about kids today and would definitely focus our spotlight there, if at all possible. Our country has many needs, and it's hard. We, have, we don't have unlimited resources, um, but we would really kind of posit as, as a community of children's hospitals and ch child health providers, we can invest in our kids today to have a healthier future. So oftentimes kids are the last one to receive care. Thank goodness, most children are generally healthy um, and don't have some of the illnesses that, that other adults and, and including some of us have as well. Um, but investing in that prevention early on will make them productive citizens, productive military members um, and productive next generation of all of the talents that we have in our country today. So we would just really focus our efforts on kids and ensure that when we're talking about legislation or when we're talking in a community about resources, that we certainly um, carve out some of those specifically for our children. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. It was very much a pleasure speaking with you and we look forward to connecting with you soon. All right, thank you very much for spending time on this incredibly important issue.